up, come on, get down with the sickness. Get up, come on, get down with the sickness. Get up, come on, get down with the sickness. Open up your head and let it flow into me. Get up, come on, get down with okay, the sickness. Okay, 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 okay. Your mother, get up, come on, get down. <laughs> um, we're sickness. recording today on the stolen lands of the Gadigal and Wurundjeri people. Sovereignty was never ceded, and this was and always will be Aboriginal land. Thank you, Joe. Welcome to episode 27 of Chronically Fully Sick. Um, it has been a while, so if mm. you are still with us, thank you. <laughs> and we're sorry, but also not because we're, you know, as Busy. the title says, <laughs> we are the titular Chronically Fully Sick and, you know, our debilitating depression and all sorts of other things. I'll give you titular things. in a minute. Ooh, I'll show you titular. Anyway, if you want to get updates on us and the Chronically Fully Sick podcast and our uh, very random episode schedule, <laughs> <laughs> you can do that on Twitter at Chronic Full Sick if it is still around by the time this podcast comes out, on Instagram at Chronically Fully Sick, or you can get in touch with us by emailing chronicallyfullysick at gmail.com. We do have a group on Facebook called Surprise Chronically Fully Sick, which is filled with lovely spoonies who chat about all things chronic illness um, and also rate us love us you know all of that kind of thing it helps other chronically ill people find this podcast so please put in a rating on apple Podcasts or whatever podcast uh, app you use um all right so before we begin um we just have a uh, quick apology to make we found out recently that we were actually using a colonial terminology in our acknowledgement of country in our past episodes. So we just wanted to say a, a massive sorry. Uh, we promise to educate ourselves and do better on this um, and promise never to, to say those colonial terms again and make sure that we are reading up on this kind of stuff in the future. Um, and a massive thanks to Hayden Moon for, for educating us on this. Uh, we'll post the resources that Hayden sent in the notes. So We any love you, Hayden. Yes, we love you, Hayden. Thank you so, so much. Um, and we'll post the resources Hayden sent um, uh, in our notes. So any listeners who want to learn more about this can. So just to quickly explain, the Eora people was a colonial name given to the coastal Aboriginal people around Sydney. Uh, the word Aora simply means here or from this place and local Aboriginal people use the word to try to describe to the British where they came from, here. Uh, and mm. so the word was then used to define the Aboriginal people themselves and it's not actually a name of uh, any uh, like clan groups or language groups in the area and it's kind of been adopted over time. So there's actually about 29 clan groups of the Sydney metropolitan area and they're often referred to collectively as the Eora Nation. But the land that I'm standing on um, is that of the Gadigal people. So Yeah, we'll be using it's like saying future. where are you from and you reply like, my, oh no where do you live my house yeah exactly they were like yeah we, we're from here and british people were like oh okay we'll use that word for everyone and it's like no no that's not that's yeah massive miscommunication uh when colonization was happening and we're not going to be using that word again in the future sick yes anyway um with that out of the way, um, I thought we should reintroduce ourselves because we haven't really done that in a while. Whatever, like, yeah. I never know what to say. You know yeah. what I mean? I think in our, like, first podcast, we kind of just said, hi, we're Chloe hi. and Joe, and um, 
We both have fibromyalgia, so we decided to start a podcast to fill the gap because all of the other podcasts that existed about chronic illness were very serious and newsy and as you know that's incredibly important but we just wanted to create a podcast that was you know we can have a laugh and have a vent and you know just have some fun with our lives as chronically people. <laughs> <laughs> you know just have a laugh because you know being chronically ill is bloody ridiculous so it's pretty just, funny sometimes it is there's, there's ridiculous elements to it um mm. so yeah both have fibromyalgia um i am a writer and a producer of various different kinds joe i don't actually know how you describe yourself. <laughs> i don't know how i, I identify you, last time you were like maniac about town or something maniac about town <laughs> disgraced ex-politician yes um <laughs> community worker I work in the um family violence prevention space Mm -hmm. um I've done community work especially with um women for a really long time um hells yeah I guess I'm a musician yeah I'm I'm working on some some little I don't know some bullshit at the moment I'll have out soon a solo project but I've sung in rock bands and all that kind of stuff also done a lot of writing She's downplaying the music stuff, by the way, Joe's an incredible, like, vocalist in particular. Like, it's just, you're mm. amazing, so. Just have, have a bit of a Barney, you know, a bit of a yeah. yell. Bit of a Barney. My <laughs> God. That's, that sounds so Australian in your, like, Queensland accent, but I'm pretty sure that's, like, a really British term. <laughs> I know. Well, have you know, Barney. the motherland. The have motherland. It's, it's Cockney rhyming, rhyming slang, isn't it? Like, having have a Barney rubble trouble. Oh my god, it is. Yeah. Oh, like trouble and strife. Life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. My dad uh, uses a lot of uh, cockney rhyming slang, even though he's not sp- from your, London. Your skinhead dad. Yeah. My my ex punk father uses a lot of. Uh, yeah, he used to get into a lot of Barney Rubble trouble. Yeah. But, but anyway, uh, this podcast yeah. isn't about Marky Sarge. It's. <laughs> Anyway. Um, yeah, no, I've got fibromyalgia. I think I've got endometriosis. Yeah, um, our diagnosis list has grown since cr- crook our in last the introduction. Head. <laughs> yeah. Various drug and alcohol problems. Yeah. What can I say? Severe, <laughs> severely mentally ill and uh, addictive personalities over here. We're, we're doing yep. really well. Really cute. Yeah, cute for us. That's why we get along so well because we've gone into a lot of Barney Rubble trouble in our lives. But um, anyway, let's stick with just the uh, fibromyalgia, I reckon. <laughs> Is there anything else you wanted to say by way of introduction or do you want to catch me up on what you've been up to? How's your love life? Oh, love life is just dead in the water, man. Like it's it's gone to the stage that like the idea of dating is so horrendously awful to me. Like mm-hmm. when I hear friends talk about like living with their partners and like mm. the constant sort of like, you know, negotiation you have to go through when you live with someone, it's like, you know, you don't do certain things anymore and all of that kind of stuff. And I'm just like, I can't be fucked with that. Like, I want to mm. spread out over the entire bed for the rest of my life and f- the only person I want to fight for bed space is Noodle because he takes up a lot of room despite Noodle is a cat. cat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> imagine, if I, imagine if I was dating someone called Noodle. That would be fun. Or like Noodles, the guitarist from The Offspring. <laughs> my boyfriend. Oh, my God. Holy shit. Um, yeah, look, I nothing's been happening in my life. I feel like, you know... It's just one of those weird periods of time we were sort of saying that it's like you kind of – a lot of able people, bodied people felt like 
at some point it was going to get back to normal after COVID and it never did. Whereas like, mm. I feel like I'm sort of in this weird plateau with everything that I just, nothing moves and I feel really like stagnant in the water. Mm -hmm. I'm just, yeah. The only thing that's really sort of happened is um, uh, I actually verbalized my pronouns for the first time ever. Um, I think I've mentioned on the podcast before that, you know, I've been. And they're, they're like bitch and slut. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> hot slut is how I'd like to be referred to. <laughs> Um, no, I'm, I, I, my pronouns are she and they, um, mm. I've been thinking about gender for quite a long time. Um, and it's the first time I've ever sort of verbalized it out loud, um, and on social media. So that was a big deal for me because it's kind of like, you know, they is something that I've thought about it for a long time, but never really sort of like, couldn't figure out if it was right for me and that kind of stuff. Mm. So yeah, she, they, I'm happy with either. Um, mm. anyway, uh. I can't remember what else. Oh, yeah. We were part of an art exhibition. Uh, that's the last thing that's happened since we recorded. It's the Yeah, of, that was cool. The Out of Order exhibition that was part of the um, Cumberland City Council thing. Um, Amy Claire Mills asked us to be a part of it, and it was very cool. People could wear headphones and uh, listen to bits and pieces of Chronically Fully Sick while... Uh, How funny, in an art gallery. Yeah. Oh, my God. And there was actually, like, a proper, like, art tile that's just, like, Chronically Fully Sick, like, Est 2020. And I was like, you know, it was really, like, I've never never expected to see my name on, like, a proper art tile thing that's I mean know. I did but like not for this <laughs> not for this <laughs> not for this garbage I went podcast. to art school yeah <laughs> you're like I can't believe this is the time this is what's chosen I to can't be believe time. yeah 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 yeah. oh fuck but yeah it's I was really excited but um unfortunately neither of us got to go in real life I was well a, yeah I'm a state away you're a state away and I was struck down by crippling illness so yeah I'm devastated but, you know, I was very excited to see photos. The lovely uh, Josie Young sent us heaps of uh, pics from it, which was very good. Thank you, Josie. Um, but, yeah, I think that's that's really, really it. But, yeah, mm. how about you? What's going on with you? Uh, just like working myself to death, usually. Yeah, as usual. Basically. Yeah. yeah, as usual. Classic, classic joke. Classic. Um COVID has still continued to be pretty beneficial to my working life, I'll say. Like mm. I was talking to my mom earlier and she asked me how I was and I was kind of telling her that the ability to be able to work from home um, most of the time, I go in like two or three days a week to mm. the office, um, has allowed me to, I don't know, like I feel like recover a little bit. Good. That's good. For like, you are someone that works yourself into the absolute fucking ground. And, like, yeah. I, I can't do that anymore. So I'm like, when I watch you, I'm like, I'm tired watching you. <laughs> I'm tired, I'm tired watching you go, you're a workaholic. Yeah, mm. a little bit, yeah. yeah. Um, but so that's been really good for me mm. um, to be able to work from home and take care of myself a bit more. Um, I've been actually working on being like buff going mm. to the gym lifting weights and stuff my body um post ketamine infusion mm. um i got and obviously this is so such a you know 
because I, I guess I work so much to earn money so I can then get treatment. Yes. Because I'm making myself sick from working too much. Yeah. The capitalist cycle. It's, yeah, it's it does not good. benefit the, uh, the chronically ill. <laughs> we, but I was, um, listeners will know that um, I went into hospital and got a ketamine infusion yes. for a week. Um, and I didn't think it worked, but I think it might have now. I'm not really sure. Is it um, one of those things that like, oh, it's not like a straightaway thing, but sort of like later down the track, it, it establishes I a better baseline so. for you? Yeah. yeah, I think so. It's like I've been thinking about it and I think it's like fibromyalgia itself. You mm. don't – fibro is kind of like boiling a frog, you know what I mean? Mm. Like I don't, you're just like, fine. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you don't notice yourself getting sick totally. with fibro. 100%. And, and it's such a slow process that even it's like sometimes you look back and you're like, oh, my God, six months ago I was so much better. What's happened? It's like I didn't yeah. notice how bad it got. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, like, I don't want to say that, like, it's gone away, but, you know, it hasn't. It's still there. But yeah. I, you know how when you feel better you don't want to go, I'm feeling better because oh, knock on wood. Yeah, yeah. yeah, for real. It's um, like when you start a medication and the doctor's like, oh, is it working? I'm like, I don't fucking know yet. Like, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's And then over time you're like, okay, maybe it helped a little bit. I'm not sure, you know. It's, oh, yeah. it's really hard. And so also when you try a bunch of new stuff, it's hard to figure out what's worked and yeah you know what I mean so I have I sort a strict of... policy of starting one one thing at a time like when I went to the pain clinic and they wanted to yeah. start me on Cymbalta and Lyrica at the same time and I'm like no I'll be doing one then the other because otherwise I, if I get side effects I won't know what was the problem or you know, I was like... just so desperate that oh, I was like real. okay and I you know medical marijuana patient which is going really well mm. and the, ke- the ketamine cream which I put on yes get sore is really good too i'm i'm um, fascinated by that i'd really like you need to, to get it claim. it's so good it's expensive though right yeah but it lasts yeah. a while okay. i was at work putting it on and my friend at work was like what happens if you like eat it <laughs> <laughs> well it's horse tranquilizer friend so i mean i ate it yeah <laughs> you're like look i did it i tried um yeah. I went to Thailand too, hung yes. out in Bangkok for a while. That so was good. jealous. That looked great. Um, other than that, other than going to Thailand, I was on another podcast on yes. Halloween. Mm. Um, I, I admit I haven't listened to it yet, but I'm really excited. Oh my it's on god, my you're such a shit too. friend. I am a shit friend. I'm sorry. It's uh, I'm currently listening to another podcast series, and you know when it's like true crime yeah, podcast series and you're like yeah I've got to I can't listen to anything else right now <laughs> but I will mm. after I promise so it was um uh darling angels um the trillbilly workers party who yes. are a leftist podcast coming out of Kentucky in the US yeah. um they legends. do a Halloween yeah legends Halloween special every year so I was on there um, mainly because they think I have a funny accent, I think, of which course. is fair. That's honestly um, why Australians are featured in anything, like, I know. content-wise. They're just like, ha, ha, say the funny word. It's like on TikTok oh, yeah. how the kids are obsessed with, like, how Australians say, no. 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 Have you heard an American say Greg, though? It's yeah. so fucked or up. Craig, when they say Craig. Craig or Greg. Yeah. Craig. Fuck, fuck them. Fuck you guys. Yeah, don't make, so, don't make fun of us. We're, we're good. We pronounce things properly god's perfect children in australia like when queenslanders say peel shut up (laughs) anyway yes the true billy workers buddy excellent excellent legends 
Um, so yeah, I'm on there telling a spooky story about a murder in, um, sort of, you know, the 1800s in Queensland, which led to the establishment of the University of Queensland, which is my university. That's so Um, up my alley. It's like when I'll get up your alley in a minute. (laughs) It was like when I got obsessed with like McDonald Town Station in Sydney, how it's like there's everyone's like, why is there no suburb called McDonald Town, but there's a McDonald Town Station and turns out that there was like baby murders in that area oh, in my colonial yeah. times. <laughs> they just were like, oh, let's just get rid of the suburb. <laughs> Australia but, is just yeah, full of cursed fucking shit. Yeah. This is coming from, where uh, this is fucked, but, uh, like a fuck story, and that's coming from someone who lives like where the Snowtown murders happened, so that's saying quite a lot. Mm. Uh, yeah. Okay, so let's move on yes, to our let's dive in this week. We've, we're like, oh my God, like 20 minutes in just talking absolute shit. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, that's the podcast. Mm. <laughs> that's, mm. People are like, what's your podcast about? And I'm like, I don't know. Kind of chronic mm. illness, but mainly just shit, shit posting. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Shit talking, shit posting. Exactly. Um, let's so. You may know that uh, Victoria has an election coming up, and it's mm. a bit of a joke because Matthew Guy, Matt Guy, Matt Guy, that's not Matt a name. Guy, um, the Liberal uh, for our overseas listeners, the mm. Conservative Party. Yes, that's very confusing um, to anyone outside of Australia. Yeah, it's I'd... big L, not little L. Yeah. Um, so he's contesting the election against incumbent Dan Andrews, who's very popular mm-hmm. um, and who we had to look at for like fucking 300 days straight in the same North Face jacket on telly telling us how many people have died of COVID <laughs> every day. That's right. And it's like the North Face jacket became a meme within itself. Oh like everyone's God. like, as soon as I see the North Face jacket, I know like just terror strikes through my heart because it's just talking about how many people have died. Oh, anyway. and like I think it, I think it's caused all these cookers to just really get revved up. Like I, half of people just want to marry Dan Andrews, yeah. and half of them want to destroy him. Like yeah. they had this protest, I think, last week outside of Flinders Street Station, our big station in the city, mm. um, with a bunch of people from the party is called like. Ang- the angry Victorians party. Like I'm Jesus not, Christ. I'm not kidding. Jesus and Christ. this, this woman was standing on the stairs of Flinders street going, um, I want to turn Daniel Andrews into a red mist. No oh shit. my God. Holy yeah. fuck. That's police charges are on the way. I believe Gee, that is aggressive. That's they're like all, they're Navy all SEAL like talk. Yeah. Jesus. They're all sovereign citizen fucking oh, yeah, anti-vax, like yeah. absolute maniacs. Is it but like anyway. a similar sort of like, you know, Venn diagrams are quite a big crossover with the people that were like rioting in the streets about the lockdowns. Lockdown. There's different, there were different factions of that. Like mm. the, Oh, it's really complicated. But yeah, you got your anti-vax people who are the sovereign citizen kind of people. And then you, and then there was a bit of writing from the um, CFMEU unions. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. Which, I remember that. There's a bit of a crossover, but it was kind of different. But yes, the people that stormed Northcote Plaza and terrified people working in both coals because we have two two coals in one in the one place the shit coals and the cool. good coals yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
there's there has to be a good one and a, and a shit one. Like they yeah. can't just be the same. Yeah. Oi, um, write write in to us about what if you know what I'm talking about, which yeah. is your preferred calls. <laughs> I have my own opinions about. This, I bet anyway. you do. There yeah. was a I, I I saw a picture of a pigeon um flapping around in the <laughs> in the pick and mix in the. Oh no! Yuck! Oh my god! The, People that are getting some kind of post-viral syndrome from that, screw COVID. Like, that's yeah, how people yeah. are getting sick. It was on the, the Northcote Plaza fan account on Instagram. <laughs> Jesus. Right, Which how did, just... How do we start talking about Northcote Plaza? I don't... <laughs> oh, yeah, because they, they stormed it. Yeah, these, these cookers. Yeah. These, yeah, these cookers. Yeah. So, anyway, one of Dan Andrews' election promises is that... I'll have to um, say excuse me for the binary language here, but they're actually promising a bunch of um, funding towards women health, women's health clinics. Okay. So it's $71 million to centre on 20 comprehensive women's health clinics across Victoria, yeah. um, costing the state $58 million and will be a one-stop shop for people needing um, treatment or advice on issues from contraception to pelvic pain. Yeah. Um, That's, and that, I was going to ask, is this sort of like a what Americans would call an abortion clinic kind of thing? It's like an all, no. all-in-one sort of anything to do with so we're not procreation. Talking with, <laughs> it's, it's sort of close to Planned Parenthood, I guess. Yeah. And that was my main question. Like, no, they will not be providing abortions there, but they, it right. says... The hubs provide information about contraception and pregnancy options, including clinical services for women, sorry, who choose mm. long-acting reversible contraception, IUD methods, etc., uh, and support services who, for people who opt for medical termination of pregnancy. So, oh, okay, right, yeah. So um, a lot of those, a lot of that money will be delegated to Aboriginal-led women's health clinics. Mm. Um, That's good. That, the ACOs, which I've done a lot of work with in community, um, they're these, really fantastic. Are these places sort of like spread out through Victoria or is it mainly just in Melbourne? Yeah, so they've got mobile women's health clinics to oh, visit cool. remote parts of the state and $6.5 million, um, to establish nine sexual and reproductive health hubs in those areas, I believe. Yeah. Um, That's good but- because like trying to get any kind of like contraceptive or – abortions and that kind of stuff in rural areas in Australia is bonkers like totally I know that's such a a ridiculous term to use but like it's so difficult even I was where I grew up border of the country like between suburbia and the country and that was like I had to go into the city to get my abortion Mm. you know like Mm. it was hard there um and they'll be used to specifically treat period pain fibroids endometriosis pelvic pain and polycystic ovary syndrome and manage menopause that's good. That's great. Yeah. Well, I, I'm really, I was really happy to hear about that. But as usual, you know, why does it have to be for an election? Why couldn't you have just done it? 100%. Um, it yeah. relates. Like, it, it's the same thing as... And it's just an election promise, right? Like, nothing's been put into place yet concrete to actually make this happen. It's like, we'll do it if you elect us. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it's pretty detailed and the the budgets and everything look Mm. like they're really well worked out. So I'd be surprised if it didn't happen, but who knows? The Labor government are pretty good on healthcare usually with this kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, compared to the counterparts. Well, yeah, it's not to say that they can't build it and then rip funding out from it um, 
in the you know the other direction mm. do you know what i'm saying 100 you know it kind of reminds me of all this research being done on um fucking chronic fatigue and stuff because of covid it's like why do we need an election why do we need a you know a horrible worldwide pandemic for you to actually think yeah. about healthcare and take care of people like, for real yeah it's mm. it's kind of similar to like how they've figured out that post-viral stuff and is related yeah. to like um, chronic fatigue syndrome. I always mm-hmm. forget how to say the actual, the proper name, Emmy. They're, they're like, oh. Myalgic encephalitis? Yeah. Well it? done, yeah. yeah. I can never say it. I always screw it up. But yeah, it's like how the, all of this stuff's coming out now where they're just like, oh, we're putting all of this money into it because we've just realised this. And like the entire chronic illness community is like, hi, yeah, we've been saying this for like generations. <laughs> Like, yeah, why, but it's, why it's the same fucking us? thing. Like, yeah. But the reason why this money hasn't been invested already is because mm. chronic fatigue affects AFAB people. Yeah. And so so do obviously all these health conditions. Yeah. So it, it's related in that way. For real. Um, Anything that's like predominantly like women and AFAB people, any mm. like illnesses that predominantly affect that group is like, Assigned no. female at birth, sorry, for yes. people that don't know. Yeah, it's I, I find it really hard to put into words, to be perfectly honest. Like, mm. it's just anything that is predominantly, yeah, women and assigned female at birth people. It's like, as soon as anything like that, it's, they're just like, oh, yeah, no, nah, we just don't really care about it. And, like, historically, none of it's ever cared about. So no. nothing is good for us now in this day and age. When when shit like this happens and they're just like, oh, we've just realised this and our community's like, oh, for fuck's sake, like, we've tried, how many doctors have we tried to say this shit to and they just would not believe us. Like, we were being hysterical. We were being overdramatic. We were, you know, like... But the, the, listen to us, the other side of that is, like... Also, when you provide mm, – it's a bit different when you think about what's going on in the US, but mm. the investment into healthcare for people's wombs and ovaries or whatever is always going to be, be prioritised over other healthcare that affects AFAB women because it's to mm. do with reproduction and making new taxpayers and, yeah. you know, making the machine – you know, keep going, which is why there isn't a fucking abortion clinic in there. Yeah, for real. Yeah, it's, you know? it's it would be really interesting to see if, like, that actually happens or whether, like, mm. if they do get in, which I'm assuming it, it's very likely. Oh, that of course. Get, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Melbourne and Victoria is a very sort of labour labor state. Um, mm. But, yeah, it would be interesting to see if it's, like, once they do get in, if that is then adapted to sort of be like a bit less money and all of that. Kind of, you know how that tends to happen? They're like, oh, oh yeah. we fulfilled our promise, but we only put one million as opposed to the 10 million that we promised or whatever. Yeah, totally. Anyway, so mm. Twitter. Yes. Holy moly. What is going on with Twitter? What a wild old time to be I mean, of course, we're probably the last people in the world that are talking about this at the moment. Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. Not one person has mentioned this unbelievable stuff. Um, I'm loving it. I just love it. It's one of those things where, like, any time there's a train wreck like this, I'm always, like, rubbing my hands together with glee, being like, oh, my gosh, amazing. But... For this time, it's like there's this weird emotional thing tied to it for me because, like, I mean, I've been on Twitter for a long time. I've gotten a mm. lot of work through Twitter. I've found yeah, a lot of community. Yeah, because journali- like, journalists, it's Obviously, so useful for, yeah. Media. And, like, 
the amount of times I would find when I was a journalist find out about stuff on Twitter that it hadn't mm. been reported anywhere before like people yeah, in war-torn countries like posting about what they were going through and it's like that's what it it's was such a valuable for. organizing tool as well for real and so like I found community on there like I've got this weird emotional tie to it and I actually I hate it by the way what Twitter. Twitter. Yeah, yeah. People either love it or they hate it, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't I don't love it. Like I've had some horrible experiences on Twitter. Like Oh, I know you have. I got doxxed when I uh, was a journalist because Oh yeah, I, was I remember. Do you yeah. remember? Like, I fully yeah. got I just tell my parents that maybe it wasn't safe to be at home because like my ABN still had my address on there from when I lived there. Like it was scary. Um, so some horrible stuff happens on Twitter, but some lovely stuff also happens on Twitter. And I found this um, this Slate story about what Elon Musk's uh, egomaniacal billionaire bullshit is causing to the disability community because so many people in the chronic illness and disability community ha- use Twitter for community stuff. Like they've, yeah. they've found our lovely Spoonie community through there. And there's um, in this Slate story, which again, we'll, we'll post in the notes, it has quotes from someone called Brianne Bennis. And I'm not sure if you follow her on Twitter, Mm-mm. but Brianne is the one that started the um, NEIS void hashtag. Oh, yeah. It's a hashtag. That's that, really useful. Yeah, it's a hashtag that's used by primarily the chronic illness community, but, uh, you know, uh, the disability community is a wider thing and it starts for no end in sight and it, that's actually the name of Brianne's podcast and she just started oh, using I never it knew that. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a it's great you everyone should look it up but yeah so she started sort of using this hashtag as like a thing for a podcast and obviously mm. it was talking about chronic illness so much um site says like for years the platform has been a locus of community for people with disabilities and chronic illnesses where they found mutual aid opportunities solace mm. in virtual social connections and an accessible space for advocacy and that's what that hashtag did and it's unbelievable like there's so many tweets and such a big community on there I've, I've used it yeah yeah and it's it, when when I think about stuff like that, that Elon Musk's just ego has destroyed what is this wonderful space for mm. our community, it makes me really fucking angry, you know? Like, it's just, oh, it's just heartbreaking. And obviously, mm. like, we know a lot about this because obviously running the Chronically Fully Sick group, that's what that space acts like for us, you know? Like, yeah. mutual aid stuff, like finding community and getting sort of like that feeling of solidarity that you never got from the medical system you never got anywhere else you know and, like, and facebook is so not used by people yeah below us like let's say below the age of 32 oh yeah absolutely like i'm well i'm 31 so <laughs> you're just an old soul babe. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I'm an old soul. Barely anyone uses it. And like even people of my age who are what are called elder millennials, we No, much- that's Oh. No, that's me. You're a millennial. I am. Well, yeah, I bo- I'm born 1991. Yeah, 84. I'm an elder millennial. Is it? You're a millennial. I just I thought that it was like 1988 or something was the cutoff. But anyway, oh, we're not, I I'm not going to argue about that and upset you. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Oh my god. Geriatric millennial. Actually, you're day. not Thank in my you. generation. Can you just like mm, stop? Shut up. <laughs> um 
anyway, let's, yeah, we won't get into that. Ah! Um, <laughs> but it's like, we, I pretty much only use Facebook for groups. That's what I use yeah. Facebook for. I barely use it for anything else. Like even family stuff anymore. I just, oh God, like seeing things that my cousins post and shit. I'm like, oh God, get it away. So groups are the only thing I use it for. And our group, Chronically Fully Sick, is the only thing that I really do on Facebook these days. There's so few community spaces like this, you know, and it's, I actually saw recently, I'm not sure if I told you this, but Sorry, is my cat knocking things over? Oh my God, it's fucking chaos over here. Um, I saw recently that um, someone posted a Reddit uh, post asking for help in terms of chronic illness and someone responded being like, the first thing you should do is join Chronically Fully Sick. And our, oh, nice. our, our group is linked on a Reddit thread and I think that's why we've gotten so many followers, um, so many like yeah. people joining the group recently. Um. And by the way, if you do come and join the group, please answer the questions to get in. Otherwise, oh I will not. God. I will not approve you. You've got to yeah. say, you've got to answer the questions. Anyway, you've uh, got to say that putting a crystal up your cooch is not. Yeah, not what you're a here medical, for. Medical. Yeah, mm. <laughs> it's not a medical solution. Yeah, we will not be. Uh, you know, we do not accept people that are into all of the wild woo-woo stuff. Um, and in fact, we started a whole segment on this podcast to make fun of you. So yes, this group, because that all group is wellness movements are just basically fascism. Mm. It's all connected to fascism in the in the end. Um, but yeah, so anyway, that's that's all I wanted to say about the Twitter stuff. Like, I'm just fucking devastated. Like I said, at the beginning, I was like rubbing my hands with glee, being like, oh, yay, like drama. And then as, you know, a couple of days into it, I was just like, one, Elon Musk is almost like almost on par with Bezos at this point in terms of being Satan, um, in my opinion. And two, like... It, it's just like uh, a couple of days in, it was just heartbreaking. And I think the moment that it started being heartbreaking for me was when I saw the thread about how the entire engineering team for Twitter's accessibility experience was fired. Yeah, I saw that. That sucks. It was really fucking heartbreaking because it was like the person that posted it was, I think, the leader of the accessibility team. Mm. And it, tweet by tweet, he posted what each person had focused on, like, that this person created the alt texts for images. Like, and that was stuff that no other social media platform was doing when they created that. You know, like, they pioneered so much. And the fact that they were just pushed aside like they were nothing, it just – that was the moment for me, I think, that I just went – I feel bad that I was invested in the drama because now I'm just invested in it being super heartbreaking for so but much of our community. <laughs> I do – I yeah, I do hear you on that. Mm. But I still think it's funny. I think – just Elon Musk as a concept is funny, but how can you be that rich and that fucking ugly with bad hair plugs like that? And he's got like fifteen kids. Multiple people have had sex and procreated with him. Like, how does that work? I mean, it's just money. But like, no, one of them know, is super some... rich and like worked with him, mm, so it wasn't about power. money. Yeah, yuck. <laughs> get some chin, get some chin filler and like. Mm. Man. And also stop calling your child like names that are the it's the Greek alphabet and 
Oh, please. You would call what? your kid a Lord of the Rings fucking name. I've got my Lord of the Rings names for my children lined up, but I doubt I'm ever going to have children so that the child abuse stops stops there. Um, the madness the madness stops here. I would argue that calling my child Arwen, is, which is a traditionally Welsh name, by the way, is not on par with him calling his child an unspeakable group of letters that no one knows how to pronounce <laughs> but did you see that thing of the how people were using the tick to did you see oh the thing God. about the insulin that's the bit that i found so fucking hilarious like yeah. it is just people because he was like you can buy the tick for eight dollars and like so I've got I was been watching this right because I I have a tick which is you know a, a, a curse more than a blessing, um, and I got it when I was a journalist. And the whole point of the tick is to verify that this person is who they say they are and they can mm. be trusted in what they're saying. And it was mm. mainly for like politicians, like people in the media, and that was the whole point of it. And it was amazing when it was like we're going to bring comedy back and we're going to like you know. Um, what was it? Power. That guy is so power. not funny. When like, like power he has to- all the all power to the people. Power all the to money the people. In the world. <laughs> and he wants to be fucking, you know, drill. He wants to be drill. Oh god, I know. And, and he's it's, just not. He funny. didn't. He didn't think he was going to be the punchline when he said we're bringing like comedy back to Twitter. Oh and my it, god. And that was when it happened. And then he he realized a couple of days in after all of that shit started happening mm. that that was the point of the tick. So then he changed it and was like okay so if you buy the tick then you get this color tick and if you buy and if you are a journalist or a politician or whatever you get a this color tick so it says if you click if you tap on the tick it will say if someone's purchased it or not that's the whole point of the, of the tick so he's done it it makes no sense what he's done oh, at he's all. just trying to recoup some of the money he spent on it that could have been used billion to solve world hunger yeah but um, someone took um, the – someone blue ticked himself as a, you know, Pfizer type of Yeah, I can't remember what the name was, yeah. Yeah, uh, and said that insulin was now free because yeah. they have like a markup of 1,000% of that in the U.S. Yeah. and then tanked their entire stocks by like the tune of a couple of a billion dollars. Oh, so fucking funny. Was, and that, that company is like at you know, bankrupt levels of in the red now because of it. It's absolutely incredible. Like My if, favorite one was I'd like I'd put that on my in, resume. If I'd been oh, the yeah. person that did that, I'd put it on my fucking resume. I'd be like, I tanked that entire fucking vulture medical corporation please hire me because i'm amazing you know how like, was that person that was like impersonating mr bean and oh going God. mr bean wants to eat your pussy yeah, mr. <laughs> mr bean will suck cock for bean like it's just amazing some of the stuff <sighs> i've watched like i started like following this sort of like tag on tiktok that was just people reading out the tweets oh dude people that have just like tanked corporations like ruined people's lives like it's just incredible who would have thought that like this acquisition could result in such um i don't know someone was saying like it was it's like ad busters but it actually worked yeah for real it's (sighs) anyway so basically on one hand it's incredibly funny and watching all of these people like 
Like when he said that you have to have parody in your name because all of these people were parody pretending to be Elon Musk and buying a team. <laughs> and then he said, you have to have parody in your name. And that was like two days after he said, we're bringing comedy back. Yeah, he didn't realise he was going to be the punchline. Oh my god! Incredible. So yeah, in conclusion, on one hand, very funny. Very, very funny. Highly recommend you look up some of those tweets. On the other hand, a fucking blow for our community. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I wanted to move on to... Please, yeah. I can't talk about like, Elon Musk anymore. <laughs> we're like two points in in our fucking schedule. Yeah. Yeah, deal with um, it. So I hate comics in general. Yeah, I know. I hate fantasy. I hate dragons. Every I single hate... time I try to talk about, like, I'm not a massive Marvel stan or anything, but anything to do with a Marvel movie, you're just like, Chloe, shut up. I hate you. Please Chloe, die. It's... Yeah. it's uh, uh, American exceptional exceptionalism, True. CIA or propaganda. Propaganda. Yeah. I hate it. It's garbage. But also, like, if I try to talk about Lord of the Rings as I did literally like three minutes ago, you're just like, Ugh, get out. Blah, blah, blah. But anyway. So anyway, Spider Man. <laughs> so anyway, Spider Man. When you put this in the notes, I have to admit, I was like, interesting. The amount that, mm. the amount that this woman hates. Anything I'm to gonna continue to hate. Yeah. I'm gonna continue to hate. Please tell me why you hate it this time. So, there was a new character brought out in a little Spider-Man story comic things, right? The Spider-Verse. <laughs> Edge yeah. of the, in Edge of the Spider-Verse four, readers are treated to a story about Charlotte Charlie Webber slash Sun Spider. A disabled hero who can do whatever a spider can while also navigating the world as a woman with Ella's Danlos syndrome. That's a very specific illness mm. for a mm. for a you know like um yeah that is there is this based on a comic or has someone just made this up? Like no, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a real person in a, in a comic. What? Yes. As part of Charlie's story, readers see a variety of the ways she encounters ableism in her daily life, including structural, social, and medical barriers. While Sun Spider is beloved and worshipped as a hero, Charlie is pitied and coddled by many of the people in her life, friends and foe alike. The issue highlights the obstacles that people with disabilities can face and how their own voices are left out of the telling of their own stories. Introducing readers to her dual identity and the obstacles she faces living with EDS... Yeah, and hmm. it just goes into the story. She oh, okay. Here's oh, a, Charlie's here's a, panel. a Charlie's a, uh, a a precursor to the incarnation of Otto Octavius. So as we know, I have no Doc idea. Oc. Anyway, anyone that's interested in <laughs> in Marvel movies, we know Doctor Octavius, who is um, Doc Ock, and yeah. So her story is. Related to the fact that she rejects him giving her robotic arms as her new, like, legs as as he has. Um, and when she rejects it, it causes him to go full supervillain. Oh, okay. I had yeah. no idea. Mm. But anyway, she's pictured as in a wheelchair um, during her sort of you know, hanging out, being Charlie, everyday life. Yes. And then swinging through the city on yeah. webs. When she's uh, the Peter Parker side of things, not the Spider-Man side of things. She's, uh, yeah, a real person. She's in a wheelchair. And then, yeah, Sun Spider is able to do all the things that Spider-Man does. So what do you think of this? Look, um, it's hard to say from this story. I think it, it, it would be an interesting concept if it was – sort of like written by a team of chronically ill people 
to try to sort of like get people interested in learning about invisible disabilities and that kind of stuff. Can I read you a bit of this, of the actual comic? Yeah. Okay, so Charlie's swinging through the air as Sun Spider. I get so much more respect as the Sun Spider, the disabled hero, than I do as Charlie Webber when I'm Charlie. I'm either invisible, helpless, or my favourite, that sick kid. Charlie's pictured in a wheelchair in a rainbow outfit. Mm. If being Sun Spider wasn't so exhausting due to my Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, I would embrace this alter ego all the time. Although this hyper-flexibility that comes with having EDS helps me kick all types of villainous butt. I wasn't expecting my EDS to disappear when I became Sun Spider, but it would have been nice if I wasn't dealing with chronic pain and fatigue most of the time. Okay. Look, I, th- I think it could be worse, but I, I think some of the language is not great. But I hate this. Yeah, I, I know you it. do. I can tell. So mm. why? So tell me why you hate it. Because it's just like infantilizing and fucking annoying. It's so fucking annoying. But it's, remember, um, the comics are for for children. That's the whole point. Like in infantilizing to us. Yeah. Are well, they in this children? day and age, it's yeah that the line is blurred. But in, at the end of the day, comics like this are supposed to be for kids. So maybe that's they they've written it in that way because it's like that would be how a young person would sort of speak about being but having like, chronic pain, you know? Talk. Why can't people yeah. with chronic illness and disability just exist around the place? Why does it have to be like, my EDS uh, makes me flexible when I'm fighting crime? It's like, yeah. oh, my God. It makes me want to, like, vomit. Yeah, I get that. And it's kind of like when it's so sort of um, specific like this, sometimes it can feel like... Like yeah, just like an over sort of exaggeration for representation. Yeah, for representation reasons. But I think when I try to think about stuff like when I see stuff like this, I try to think about the fact that like it may not be important for us as you know mm. people in our thirties. But maybe if there's a kid that's in a wheelchair and they finally have a kid in the wheelchair that's Spider-Man. Like, maybe that's fucking amazing to them. You know? Like, I, I yeah. try, when it comes to representation stuff like this, that's what I try to – I try to take a step back just to sort of be like, well, maybe it, maybe I don't get it, but maybe it's not for me. I just love hating. Yeah, you do. And, like, I think the fact that it's, like, Marvel comic-related stuff is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is probably also, part of this. But also, like, and I think we've spoken about it on this podcast before, I think there's a broader conversation to be had about the place of disability in mm. superhero stuff. For sure. Uh, what is it? Daredevil's Blind? You know, why? Yeah. yeah. It's, and I, I can't quite I can't quite articulate what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, but I'd be I'd be interested to hear what someone with EDS thinks of this because what I'm saying is I can't mm. speak for them. Oh yeah, but, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, of the broader sort of superhero narrative that uh, narrative that revolves around disability, I think is interesting. And yeah. I think that someone's probably written a bloody paper about it on uh, or probably. something that I should read. But um, I I just I, I kind of wanted to I, let's put a pin in it. I want to hear what um yeah. listeners think. Yeah, me too. I want to hear what people think about this because I think I brought up on the podcast once, and because it was about comic related movies, like you absolutely fucking hated it. But um, yeah. it was when I watched. Uh, Detective Pikachu and and the whole like concept of it is the villain is in a wheelchair and the whole reason that all of the narrative happens is because 
the villain hated being in a wheelchair, so he wanted to put his brain into a Pokemon, so he, you know, was able to, like, walk and fly and all of that kind of stuff. And it was just, like, the underlying stuff that sometimes happens when they try to put disability-related stuff into a movie, it it's on this sort of knife-edge situation. And if the, if the writing isn't right and the, mm. they don't have people writing on it that are... Mm disabled and you know a, a wide variety of people from the disability community riding on it and you know being uh what's it's called like consultants says se- yeah sensitivity readers and consultants and that kind of stuff mm. then it's on that knife edge and then it flips over to just being like as you said tokenistic or a, on detective pikachu's side offensive like it was the whole mm. concept of it was offensive and I think that's the problem is that it, when stuff like this exists, we do have to take a step back and be like, okay, one, is this for me? And two, yeah. was it created in the right way? Did they have young people in a wheelchair, someone with EDS, someone with this, yeah. someone with that? Like, yeah. was there a wide variety of people that, that wrote on this? And especially yeah. young people, considering it's yeah. a comic. So I think that's what I try to take a step back. So, yeah, as you said, let's put a pin in this and see what people think and maybe next episode we can do an update to to relay everyone's thoughts and um also try to find out where who wrote this this comic and whether it was sort of created with young disabled and chronically ill people as opposed to i want to read out this last bit oh god okay the resident Otto Octavius Dr. Octopus variant crashes the party and a fire breaks out, but after Charlotte changes to Sun Spider and defeats him, she's left alone, forgotten by staff and students, while the rest of the guests escape. You left Charlotte all alone, knowing there's no accessibility, and I'm the bad guy? Octopus protests to the waiting police. <laughs> Though a villain he may be, Octavius has a point. Oh, like, shut the fuck up. It's, I, yeah, I, <sighs> I think it's also, like... It's the childlike writing of this kind of stuff. It, that's what goes through my head. I'm just like, okay, maybe, oh, you know, maybe for young people, that's the way they would speak about accessibility no, no, and all no, no, of that no, kind no. of but stuff. But know, to us, it seems so cringe. Like, it's you know so what cringe. it is, though? It's like when um, people come to your school and do a rap about drugs. Oh, my God, yes. It's, it's it, exactly that. It is. It's when you get pulled into assembly and it's just like, okay, you're going to listen to someone – like, I, you know, there's obviously John Mulaney's a bit problematic now, but, like, John Mulaney's bit where he's just, like, you, everyone sits down and it's just, like, some random person that's just, like, I smoked crack. Yeah. What was the drug giraffe that came to Australian schools? I was about to say Healthy Harold. Healthy shit, Harold, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not sure. Like, we have quite a few overseas listeners now. So, um, in Australia, right, <laughs> in Australia, when you're in sort of – do you reckon like middle school, like year year five, or year something? five or so six, like ten years old, maybe a bit. What? I no. think a little bit older, maybe eleven or twelve. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's definitely middle school. Definitely younger. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, when you're about like you know grade five or five to seven or something. five to yeah. seven. Yeah. Basically, someone comes to your school and it's in a trailer, in, in a, a trailer fucking... with a caravan, yeah. right? That yeah. you yeah, all yeah, yeah. are told that you all have to fit in this what a normal size caravan and it's your yep. class of what 30 all piled into this caravan where then covered in black felt in the in the inside of it as i recall looks sus as fuck and yes. a giraffe then tells you not to do drugs <laughs> and they play you videos of 
yeah. someone who's been smoking ciggies and has a what do you call those things in your throat oh like um yeah the my poppy had one um i mm. forget what they're called like the thing that makes you sound like darth vader mm. i used to be scared of it when i was a kid and you know yeah stupidly i am a uh, a smoker <laughs> So retro. Didn't work. Yeah. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah. It's They show you all these videos about like smoking and drugs and all of that kind of stuff. And then. It's a hand puppet. It's Let's a, just. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, sorry. Just to clarify. It's not it's a not real a giraffe. giraffe. <laughs> it's not a real giraffe. Oh my God. People are like, oh my God, in Australia, just, animals yeah. are so advanced. <laughs> yeah. It just pokes. It, it just pokes its head in the window and yeah. talks to you about safe sex. <laughs> Children. Yeah. Anyway, do you the know gi- about gonorrhea? The giraffe is called Healthy Harold. So, yep. if that's does another Healthy thing, Harold still exists. He does. Yeah, I've seen. What? I've seen Shut kids up. kids talk about him on TikTok. But oh I think it's very different gosh. now. I think it's not. They're piling into a sus caravan. Like, oh my were. god, he do- he looks the same. I'm assuming so. I'm not sure. But does yeah, Healthy Harold still exists. We can. We can. Oh put, no, can- they talk about cyberbullying these days oh well i suppose that's a bigger issue like kids are but the hand puppet still looks the same oh god he's got these weird latex gloves on he's (laughs) healthy harold's into the uh bdsm community so yeah he looks like he likes to fist yeah he's uh well i mean at least he's got lived experience before he talks about safe sex (laughs) (laughs) healthy harold's not teaching kids how to fist but i think he should I can't believe I would say something so brave yet so controversial. (laughs) (laughs) I think healthy arrows should teach fisting. I really do. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I think they kids should be taught about female pleasure as opposed to just. No one wants to be dry fisted. (laughs) No. Okay. Yeah. Changing topics, but I'm still my brain is still fully thinking about healthy harold and his latex gloves anyway i'm trying to move on because my mother (laughs) oh my god um so yes let me tell you about an experience i had the other day right oh okay yep so did you get fisted i did not it is not related to fisting in any way shape or form i just want to tell you (laughs) just to to clarify none of it happened none of that happened um so basically i uh, had to take a day off sick from work and I was having one of those flare days where I was like it, so extremely unwell that it was like I you know those days where you try to do everything all of your self-management techniques all of yep. the stretches all of the and then you go oh, like okay this isn't working so you take your more full-on drugs and that doesn't work and you're like great there's nothing else I can do so I'd gotten to that stage and so you know when you're just that desperate and you're just like, oh, the doctors keep telling me that exercise is a big thing. So I dragged my fatigued, pain-radiating body out of the house and went to a cafe, which is two doors down from where I live, right? Mm, and that's convenient. It is. And they're really nice. I know the owner now. He's We're good mates. Um, so... I went in there and it was just like, I took my cane and I was like, I just need to like try to move my body slightly. Maybe that will help. So I went and got a coffee and I was sitting there waiting for my coffee. And this guy that works there, who I don't really speak to that much, like he knows of my existence and I know of his, but we haven't really conversed, um, came out from the kitchen and looked at my cane Mm. and started making all of these, you know, when people talk and they think they're asking questions but they're actually making more of a comment you know yes 
And he started saying all of these question comments about me using a cane. And he's like, well, why do you need that? I've never seen you with that before. And I was like, oh, uh, I have a chronic illness. And, you know, sometimes I'm good, sometimes I'm bad. Sometimes I have to use this. And basically it was like, usually that should be the end of the conversation, right? Someone goes, oh, yeah. right, okay, you know, no worries. But he people just are so weird about canes, man. Mobility aids, man. They just some people are just so fucking strange about it. And so he just started to ask me all of these probing questions about it. And like, you know, when you're trying to deal with life and pain is just radiating through your entire brain yeah. and yeah. your brain fog is so bad. It's like really needing to pee. It's all you can think about. Yeah, it's one of those days where it was just it I couldn't I was struggling to focus on anything except the pain because yeah. it was that bad. And so Basically, it got to a stage where he'd asked for these probing questions. And so I just kind of bluntly said, like, look, I've got chronic pain. I, yeah, I've had it for over a decade. I think maybe I know my body a little bit better than you do. And when I think back about it, right, I said it very bluntly. I know I said yeah. it very bluntly. However, yeah. I was matching his tone, right? That was the tone okay. he was using to me. So You're not rude. I, You're yeah. not a rude person. Yeah, exactly. It takes a lot for me to get to a stage where I'm like angry. Like I'm not mm. a person with a temper at all. And, you know, I didn't scream at him or anything. I just said it quite bluntly and it was matching his tone, the way that he was speaking to me. And as soon as I said that, the response I got back from him was, oh, okay, well, you don't have to be rude about it. Oh my God. And then like, you're being rude by asking these questions. It's none of your fucking business. Yeah. And then he was like, well, you don't have to be rude about it. I was just asking questions about it. And as he did it, he just kind of I like, was just asking question. I, yeah. I'm just asking questions. Wait for this. When he said that, like I was just asking questions. He then like tapped my cane as if he was like, I didn't know what he was referring to. Oh no. And he touched it. And I was just like, oh my God. You're like one Disabled people do not have to explain to you their disability, why they're using a mobility aid. Like it is, it, it, we don't have to. We do not have to do that. That is not something that it like, that is not an obligation that we have to explain mm. to you everything about what's going on with our body and our lives. And two, don't fucking touch it. Don't touch it. Don't yeah. fucking touch it. Like I was leaning on it a little bit too. Like I was kind of like, holding my arm up on it while I was waiting and sitting down. And if you touched it just a little bit harder, I would have fallen over. Like, and I I felt like. So I, rude. I was just in shock after that. And I basically just like, luckily the guy who owns it, who I know, like he kind of caught the tail end of the conversation and he gave me my coffee and walked out with me and just like apologized profusely and was like, I'm so sorry. Like I'm like, I'll make sure that never happens again. That's and really it, nice. Which was really, really lovely. And I felt like going, it shouldn't be on you. Like, it shouldn't yeah. be on me to explain. It shouldn't be on you to apologise. Like, that cunt just needs to fucking stop being an ableist bastard. Like, that's just, that's just how... Well, it's putting it nicely, Chloe. Oh, my God. <laughs> but I was just kind of, like, slightly in shock. And because, like, I said on Twitter, like, direct and hostile ableism was the last thing I needed that day. Like... You know, I went home and immediately had a cry. And it was like mm. having a cry was so painful. Like my head was throbbing afterwards. And I was like, I just didn't need that. And I ended up going to bed and sleeping for 16 hours. So, yeah. Yeah, like I, I haven't used a cane since I broke my leg mm. and I was recovering from that. Which You've got a dope cane. Fracture. Yeah, it was my granddad's with yeah. the same height. 
and it had a whiskey vial in it, but mm. sure. But people would It was a different look- time. It was a different time. <laughs> this is about 10 years ago, but people yeah. would always look at me like it was an affectation. And to mm. be honest, look, I did I look like a pimp, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it was like a gold handle, wasn't it? It was yes, a, yeah. with an eagle and eagle. Like a, big, a big fur coat. It was ostentatious. I leaned say. into it. What you could did. I say? But it's none of your fucking business. But yeah, that doesn't matter. It's like, and I think the thing is with mobility aids is that like when you use one, people are like, oh my god, you're like disabled, disabled. Like, oh my god, I can't believe you've gotten to that stage where you have to use it. How like that's awful for you. One. Mobility aid shouldn't be looked at like that at all because it's like no, that gives it's just, liberating. It's, it's liberating. Same as wheelchairs, it gives people more access to the world. And two, a lot of people with chronic pain should be using them earlier because it actually yes. helps, like not like not make you worse, not make you worse. If it helps yeah. you walk more and that kind of stuff, that's yep. actually that will help you long term. So it people it helped my this, leg. It helped my leg heal yeah. sooner because I was on it. Yeah. And it's, I don't understand where it's like people just assume that as soon as you got a mobility aid, like, oh, my God, how terrible for you. It's the end. And I'm like, it, no, this has given me way more access to the world. It's like, only the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my word. I, I just don't get that, that mindset. It's just like, it's, I can't believe this has happened to you. It's terrible. And I'm like, actually, it's dope. Like every yeah. single time I leave the house, I feel like I'm like Gandalf from Lord of the Rings, which I know you're going to yeah, hate that people, reference. But there are a lot of people that are like, I don't, I, I saw a post on Facebook under friend of the show, Nadine's profile yes. about someone not feeling hot um, when they had to walk with yes. a cane. I'm like, lean into it, lean into it. Yeah. I actually, I responded back to that and I was just like, no, like I know plenty of people that prove that you can be super hot while using a mobility aid. Like, Selma Blair. Selma Blair, like Tara Moss, like look at us, like we're hot, we're sexy and you know what, we've got a weapon with us as well so if someone can't is, you know, saying that we're not hot and sexy, we can just whack them. You know? Or if you're at a show and there's too many people in front of mm. you, you yeah. can hit them in the back of the legs. It's great. And I found this like infographic, which I'm happy to post as well. And it's like the weird mindset people have about mobility aids is such a modern thing. Throughout history, walking sticks have been used for so many different things. It was used as like a status symbol at some points in history. Yeah. It was like wealth and status if you had a cane. When you think about like olden times, very ancient times, like people always used walking sticks just as everyday life. <laughs> like they just mm. use them all the time. Able-bodied people look more did. distinguished. Yeah. And it's people use them as weapons. People use them as for hiking. There's so many things but for some reason as soon as someone uses one especially if you're young people look at you really strangely anyway story over i wanted to whack that guy in the shins and everyone should be very proud of me that i didn't and get us you know an assault on my record so yes thank you Very excited. It's been so long since I got to hear the one, the only Joanna Nielsen do a quack watch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
Okay, Chloe, welcome to No Nut November, bitch. How do you feel? I didn't sign up to that, but fine. I can't say that I've adhered to the policy (laughs) in November this year, but here we are. Mm. So I want to start this section by reading you a little little nugget I found on Reddit. Okay. Okay? Okay. And so this this sort of piqued my interest because as as we both know, too much, we have fibromyalgia, right? Mm. Saw this, decided to read it. Here we go. I've had fibromyalgia since I was 16. I found ways to cope using drugs and put myself on a dark path for a while, using pain pills to run from myself and my pain. Same. Mm. Big same. Big same. I read a while back that fibromyalgia is caused by holding in negative emotions, which form trigger points in the body. Not Mm. sure about that. I mean, there's, you know, people think that trauma can be a part of it, but I mean, the simplification of we hold bad feelings and it creates trigger points is shaky at at best. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) At one point, I couldn't get out of bed and slept for days just to run from my pain. Big same. I've tried many diets, many different drugs and supplements, a list too long to put here. Big I'm same. astounded to say that right now my body doesn't hurt like it normally does. I'm not holding back my negative emotions. Every day I've been meditating and doing yoga. Mm. Red I flag. mean, I just scream into the pillow. That's how yeah. I get my negative emotions out. And yet still I have trigger points. So, <laughs> Here Oh, we yeah. Are. And each, each time it hurts because so much fear, anger and shame and guilt came up. I felt like I was going insane for a while. But I've been doing everything I can to let go of this negative energy. Sage. Huh? Palo Santo. Prayer. Fasting. Meditation. Abandoning negative thoughts. Mindfulness. Big red flag there. Mm. Loving kindness, one word. Relating to people in a different way. Right now I'm flexible. I'm getting stronger. Even my old shoulder and knee injuries don't hurt like I used to. I mean, I do almost all of those things and... Yeah, anyway, everyone's different, but I'm scared about what you're about to say next. (laughs) I'm blown away. Maybe it's time I write a book and help all the suffering souls throughout this world. Mm, Maybe this is my calling. (laughs) And you're here now experiencing this, a moment on my path that will forever change the way I see everything. And I don't care if you don't believe in woo-woo because I do, and Uh, it's healed eight uh. years of suffering. Okay, Gwyneth, just calm down. Semen retention Ugh. is the fuel. <laughs> I knew I was going to be. Like, just the words make me. Yeah. <laughs> it's what, it's stuff like this that makes me go, am I bisexual? Maybe I'm just a lesbian. <laughs> Maybe I'm just a lesbian. Men. Men. No, just bad. <laughs> anyway, sorry, continue. Mm. You put that fuel out into the universe and abstain from sexual thought and God will have your back. Ugh. Everything about that sentence was awful. <laughs> so the replies to this. Mm, I bet. I bet I bet there's some replies to this. <laughs> that that feel when no semen to retain, so you can't get cured. Uh, yep. I mean, okay. I, I could retain some semen, I'm sure, but anyway. Yeah, I, I feel like both of us have over the periods yeah. of our life at some point. <laughs> Maybe we can retain our periods or something oh. equally as silly. Yeah. Okay. So I got rid of my uterus last year. Maybe I could just hold my poop in. Yeah. Every, this. Everything about this is so goddamn awful. So it's like partially a woo-woo thing, partially mm. a religious thing, because he's talking about God. Yep. 
and like there's elements of that to make that make creep me out because it's like you know how a lot of christians like catholic guilt about things like masturbation i feel Mm -hmm. like that's maybe a tie-in as well but end of the day someone thinks that retaining their semen and not having a wank has cured their fibromyalgia Mm -hmm. yep yep I've, I know we've said this on the podcast before. We are both abolitionists. We believe that jails are mm-hmm. not a functional part of society. Mm-hmm. They don't work. However, I think there should be a jail and just this person that wrote this post should be in it. It's underneath the jail. Yeah. Yeah. Um, CB retention might seem like a modern concept, but it's only because websites and forums have made it easier to discuss such things openly. In a reality, it's an idea that's been around for a long time and is actually a part of some ancient practices. People give a variety of reasons for their interest in semen retention, including the belief that frequent ejaculation weakens you. Some say that semen retention improves fertility, sexual pleasure or physical health. Many believe that sperm retention helps redirect sexual energies to other areas of life or that it improves mental and spiritual growth. They're saying the sexual feelings that they have, they don't act on, are then going throughout their body and getting rid of the pain. Well, they think that it's curing their broken nervous system. (laughs) (laughs) Fascinating. apparently. The sperm is just going all throughout the nervous system through every single one of those tiny spindly little things, uh, just sperm everywhere and being like, cool, we're done. Mm-hmm. Ooh, okay, okay. Uh, continue. I'm scared, but continue. Ooh. Thinking involved in these takes is that if uh, men retain semen, usually by not masturbating, actually some of them... yeah, Usually by not masturbating? <laughs> How else? How, oh. Well, a lot of them have sex, right? Mm. But they... Fake it and don't No, come. no, no, no. They, they can... Um, let me just when you do here. stuff like this and I look at your face while you're trying to like pull up some <laughs> fucked thing on your computer like it's just little little horrible goblin being like <laughs> Ooh, I'm look, googling some things that are go- probably going to get me on some kind of list <laughs> <laughs> so they can have sex and orgasm mm. but then hold off the orgasm Squeeze the head of the penis where the head joins the shaft. Maintain the squeeze while the urge to ejaculate passes. And then apply pressure to the perineum, the gooch. Um, Just taking a screenshot of how fucked we both look right now (laughs) explaining this. Okay, the gooch. Yeah, go on. Go on. Keep talking about the gooch. (laughs) So they can apply pressure there and it will help pinpoint the right spot to trigger retrograde ejaculation, which apparently is the jizz moving into the bladder. Surely there's some kind of like you get a UTI or something fucked like that by doing this. Like apparently no, it just absorbs back into the body. What? Yeah. Is that a, that's that can't not feel real. good. That can't feel good. No. And it like brings to mind all of the stuff about like like Amish people and like the soaking thing and all of that kind of stuff. Oh, uh, um is it Amish? Is, or is it, it Amish? Mormon people that do Mormons. that? Mormons. Yeah, it's uh, sorry, it's yeah, it's Mormons. Um like r- no, Amish people going on Rumspringer. Rumspringer. No, I don't think they do soaking. Oh, don't they? It's Mormons. Okay. Yeah, but like the soaking thing where it's just like they just put 
penis into vagina and just lay there. And as long as they don't move, then they haven't broken any rules. Like, but then they get someone to jump on the bed. Yeah. So that's yeah. Oh god, it's so fucked. Anyway, but like, it's stuff. That's what this is bringing to mind. It sounds like a real sort of like a religious element to this that makes me really. I mean, the whole thing makes me uncomfortable. But like all of this. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. So it it's goes back thousands of years to Romans, Taoism, all of this kind of stuff, really? right? Like yeah. multiple sort of cultures and everything yes. have this. Okay, all right. So the thinking involved in these takes is that if men retain semen, usually by not masturbating, as we were just saying, then they retain more of the essence of their masculinity. Men who do not masturbate uh. are, according to this theory, stronger, more confident, more energetic, more focused, all these stereotypically masculine traits, which are apparently stored in the balls. Of course. So ev- focus, every time- focus is stored in the balls. Yes. <laughs> of course. So apologies to the binary language again. Yeah, there's going to be a but lot of But of course it's just this. cishet dudes doing this. And it's just every- like the masculinity and it uh, – what? So if, if you wank every day, then like- – You're depleting your testosterone, right? Right. And okay. so if you have more testosterone, you can be better at life. You can be more vital. And that's done the more by of your squeezing primal... your dick while yeah. you... Holy um, moly. <laughs> every time a man jizzes, he loses some of these masculine traits um, and becomes more feminine, a.k.a. bat. Look, at least this is kind of like the way that women are treated when they have, like, a high body count and they're just like, oh, she's lost, like, so much of her, like, dignity and that kind of stuff. At least there's something that's kind of along the lines for the same as people with a dick okay so plato talked about this right he was fascinating (laughs) the unread plato manuscripts the unread no one yeah 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 the fuckboy manuscripts yeah his Um, fuckboy diary it's just like oh okay i wonder why this isn't taught at school why isn't healthy harold talking about this (laughs) oh my god the no fap healthy harold No Fap November with her sponsored by Healthy Harold. (laughs) Uh, So Plato worried about the fact that in men, the nature of the genital organs is disobedient and (laughs) self-willed. Plato's dick had a mind of its own. It's had a mind of its own. Like, oh, well, they kind of did back then. Um, Like a creature that is deaf to reason and it (laughs) attempts to dominate all because of its frenzied lusts. To him... A creature that is deaf to reason is such a good phrasing. I mean, he's not wrong. (laughs) He's not wrong at all. I am so far, I'm agreeing with this. (laughs) To him, um, the thing about men is that they're meant to embody all that is prudent and rational. Mm. The fact that they do be getting horny um, and risking it all means that the body, and more specifically the junk, overrides the real essential masculinity of the mind. It is this inability to conquer the irrational demands of the body which leads men to do silly things like wank, which in turn makes them less masculine. This, as I said, goes through a bunch of different cultures. So you've got Taoism Mm. and in Buddhism, you know, and there's, you know, as with all conspiracy theories Mm. or, you know, kind of wellness things, there are nuggets of truth in things, right? And especially like throughout history and that kind of stuff. Like lot of if the- you're spending all day wanking, mm. you're not going to get anything done. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, that's true. Well, when if they were you talking about focus. Day, if you spend true. all day doing fucking anything, like eating hot chips all day, you're not mm. going to get anything done. Yeah. It's moderation. Yeah. 
But it's, yeah, it is really fascinating where it's like it goes throughout culture and it's just kind of like the whole concept of it is is that dicks have a mind of their own can make men do bad things and therefore we have to write all of this stuff to make sure that men don't also, waste their masculinity <laughs> but then but then like also these people ex, um they they interpret the practice of um self-restraint mm. as being like i i lift weights at the gym and i don't eat seed oils yeah not like maybe I should cut down on the amount of things that I buy and work on my spiritual life. Or, yeah, maybe I should go to therapy and, you know, work on myself in, he- in, a, in a healthy way. But exactly. instead it's They're like, like, I have to, well, I can't wank, I'll waste my, <laughs> waste my or masculinity. I or I can't have pleasurable sex. Yeah. That's, that, like, yeah, that's that whole really notion of pleasure is, 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 but how does it then re- uh, relate to people that, um, does it relate to the whole like trad movement or whatever? Do you know what I mean? Where it's like oh, trad wives and all of that. Yeah, kind of stuff. like I yeah. get married to have children and that's mm. it. Like, but this thing that you're talking about, they're saying that even when they're married, like if they have pleasurable sex with their wife, that's true. Then it's you know still bad. They're still wasting their masculine. Like you know, like it's really fascinating. Where it's like it's tied to like religious, yeah. Um, sexual chastity I suppose yeah that's what I mean like the catholic guilt thing of like you know oh my god what a horrible thing you've done by experiencing any kind of pleasure you've Mm. done a bad thing god hates you and yeah it's really fascinating that in this sense usually all of that kind of stuff stops with marriage it's like as soon as you're married you're good that you can do whatever you want with your wife but in this it's like no no you still can't have pleasurable sex with your wife who you've said that yeah. you'll be with for the rest of your life, like, it's and you like, have to, you have to push, you have to push a finger into your taint oh. to stop you coming, so then you can, uh, you can get cured of your psoriasis and your depression. The psoriasis thing's really interesting. Like, okay, I bring that up because the other post I was going to read is a guy that, you know, this semen retention cured his psoriasis. Well, as someone that has gone through periods uh, of their life that I had no libido whatsoever, did not have sex, did not masturbate, anything like that, still had psoriasis. Still, <laughs> I still had but psoriasis. Did you, but did you want to? Want to what? Well, I think the whole thing is like you. Oh, personal like, restraint. Yeah, it's yeah. about the restraint. It's not it's about, about willpower. Like, libido. Yes. Yeah, right. Yes. Okay. And the next thing I'm going to relate this to relates to mm. that, actually. So in the practice of sexual chastity, more generally, the term denotes the endeavor by monks and nuns as well as lay devotees to live a moral life Yes. Um, as a way to end suffering and reach enlightenment. We're pretty familiar with this idea. It yeah, goes yeah. across a bunch of different religions. Yes. Um, I'm sorry if I pronounced this wrong. Brahmachaya. Brahmachaya. Joe here. It's actually pronounced Brahmacharya and it's a Sanskrit word meaning chastity. Thanks. Sorry. I, I can't see the word, otherwise I'd try to help. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. I looked up the pronunciation, but my I've had a couple of wines. Yeah. Um, so literally means the mode of life which leads to the realization of God. That realization is impossible without practicing self-restraint. Self-restraint means restraint of all the senses, but ordinarily Brahmacharya is understood to mean control of sexual organs and prevention of seminal discharge through complete control over the sexual instinct and the sexual organs. This becomes natural for the man who exercises self-restraint all round. 
It is only when observance of this becomes natural to one that he or she derives the greatest benefit from it. Now, right. this quote comes from Gandhi. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. A man that was famous for sleeping next to what? His 17-year-old naked Oh, yeah. Niece? They, all of the, the – well, not, not all. Like I, I'm speaking very generally here, which is awful of me. But, like, a, a lot of the time the people that – say all of these things and they're just like well this is how you live life a moral life and then you know like catholic priests doing horrible things with Mm. young young boys and Mm. they don't abide by it themselves and it it, that's why it all sort of like i i hate all of it i'm fascinated by religion i have done a lot of research with religious stuff but i hate it so a lot of these guys on reddit post these quotes Mm. um, from gandhi or whatever but this is a guy that and I, I sort of get where the logic is coming from, I suppose, mm. that was challenging his chastity when he was in his, what, 70s um, after his wife died, sleeping with naked young women by his side to test his willpower. Yeah. So, like, <sighs> that's, yeah, that's really, yeah, that's, fa- the, the fact that it's like a restraint thing, it's just like, they ch- it's a challenge almost, like, if we Women do this, aren't around to fucking challenge your personal yeah. beliefs. We're just like a, a like NPC in the background, just being like, okay, like we all just we don't exist. We don't have any agency. We're just there for no. you to like see if you can be as masculine as possible. Like that's mm. yeah, no. We're <laughs> a test. We're yeah. like Eve with the fucking apple in the Garden of Eden. For real. How can we be discussing this in this year of our Lord, twenty twenty two? And I get it. That like people are desperate for cures. I'm des I've been desperate for myself. Uh, yeah. To to feel better or whatever. But yeah. this Well, that's the woo-woo thing, isn't it? It's just like they prey on our community in different like, various different ways because they know that we're so we we're so desperate for help. Like you know? But this whole thing of like it's I'm not sure a lot of these people would call themselves religious, but yeah. women around are around to tempt them and mm. and then there's the whole other element Succubus. of it relating yeah, relating back to you know, like a health thing. Mm. It's this whole yeah. intersection, which I hate to use that word, yeah. but intersection of of really strange things here. Mm. And I thought it would be just funny to talk about it because lol. Yeah. Like reading Reddit about this stuff is 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 hilarious. Yeah. But it's got this whole other really strange This this tends to happen to a lot with our with our quack watchers. It's just like we find this thing which is hilarious. It's like when we when I first told you the story about that guy approaching me and asking if I tried uh, drinking piss. my own piss, yeah. and now months later you are still in piss groups on Facebook, yeah. like yeah. it's one of those things that like we start talking about this generally hilarious thing, but then when we look into it, it's just like oh cool undertones of uh, fascism and <laughs> like oh cool like it always leads religious, back to religious like religious guilt, like <laughs> but it leads it. Every time we talk about wellness mm. and all this shit, it leads back towards the untouched body, the sovereign body, yeah. um, the, the body that God has made, the holy body. Yeah, morality and all of morality, those. Morality, like, all we, this stuff. We were made in God's image, so we mustn't, like, do anything that might, uh, you know, hold God in bad regard, you know? like. But it's... then it turns into racism and oh, eugenics God, yeah. so quickly. For real, yeah. And it's it's one of those things that it's really fascinating that, you know, this concept of, like, retaining 
your ejaculate has crossed across multiple religions and multiple cultures in like different continents all over the world. You know, it's like all of this shit is all really similar despite being, you know, across multiple oceans. <laughs> it's really well, bizarre. I guess, you know, it's also in that thing of um, I guess when people talk about the Olympics or whatever, mm. how, how you're not supposed to fuck before you run your race. Oh, yeah, but the Olympic village is, you know, absolutely. Oh, a hotbed of gonorrhea. Yeah, yeah, everyone's getting chlamydia. Like- <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So what, what sort of brought me to this was this Will Blunderfield guy who I'm sure mm. everyone has seen by now. Yes. Um, that you tried is, to send me a video and I refused. To I watch keep it. trying to send you keep, him videos. You send it to me at mo- the most random times as well. It'll be like a Monday morning at nine a.m. and you'll send this yeah. video, and I'm just like, I am in a meeting. <laughs> I'm yeah. in a meeting at work. Please yeah. stop this. Yeah, these these videos are awful, and this man is a menace to society. But you know, yeah, he basically fascinating drinks his own piss mm. and other men's semen, which I don't understand the logic i mean there's no logic to be had about it yeah, but he likes no cupping other guys balls and mm. he's got some interesting uh interesting theories about yeah. the way the body works but hey look if he's happy then that's fine it's just no when they try he to should put be these, killed yeah when the, yeah. they try to put these things out as cures for our community this will cure fibromyalgia i'm like you belong in jail in summary i don't think holding in urine semen cures fibromyalgia that's just that's just one woman's opinion you heard it here first folks (laughs) you heard it here first everyone's talking about it so anyway um we haven't had spoonie hotline for a while yeah um because we haven't been on the air for a while yeah well we always say hiatus every time but you know we just do this whenever we want yeah but we did get an email from Lauren back in August. Mm. Um, you can send us emails. You can you can write to us. Yeah. Um, we're, we're happy to read things out if that's easier for you. Like whatever is the most accessible for you, happy to do to get your, your voice into the Spoonie Hotline mix. Primarily people will record a voice memo and then email it to us. And this can mm. be about anything. You can read a poem. We have lots of poems. We yeah. had a... Um, poet battle last time and uh you can ask questions you can just tell us about your life um we encourage anything that you want to say because we do realize that we are you know are two white ladies of a similar Mm -hmm. age with the same health problems so we want to hear from a diversity of people so you can record into your phone and then email it to us at chronicallyfullysick at gmail.com and we will play it Yes. Would you like to read this one out, Chloe? Yeah. I, it's been a long time since I've actually read out one of our Spoonie hotlines. Mm. So, uh, yes, as Joe said, this is from Lauren back in August. So Lauren writes, Hello, my name is Lauren and my pronouns are she, they. Same, Lauren. I am from Oregon in the US. Is that, is that how you say it? Oregon? Oregon. Yeah. yeah, okay. Oregon. Oregon. I was recently diagnosed with a life-threatening food allergy to dairy. This week, I quite literally became disabled overnight. I developed anaphylaxis in only 24 hours. I have lived with bipolar disorder and Hashimoto's thyroiditis, Mm -hmm. an autoimmune disease that affects the thyroid, but I have not really ever considered myself disabled until now. I have to change every aspect of my life in order to stay safe Keep an EpiPen on me at all times, and I will most likely need an allergy alert service dog. 
Despite the shock and this being a very hard experience, I know that I will continue to grow and learn how to live a full life. I'm choosing to focus on the positive, like saving money and learning how to cook delicious food. Mm. I wanted to share that. Yeah, I know that I, that was a big one for me as well, Lauren. Um, I wanted to share that it can be really hard to get used to a new disability and I don't really know where life is going to take me, but I'm along for the ride. I'm choosing to stay present and use my skills I learned in therapy, particularly using music, dance and movement therapy to heal. To everyone coping with a new disability or an older one, you're not alone. I am not alone. It is normal and healthy for us to grieve what we have lost, but we can do hard things. Us chronically ill and disabled folks are resilient. To everyone in the chronically fully sick community, thank you for giving people a virtual space to connect with others and be supported in ways they need. Love y'all. Oh, that's, that's so, nice. so lovely. I can really relate to that as well. Like having to sort of really like shift all of the management stuff that I would do, what felt like overnight, even though it was over quite a long period of time. And, you know, learning how to like use incidental mindfulness with cooking and that kind of stuff and just implementing all of those like new skills and new ways of doing things into your life is hard, but we can, we do it. We're resilient. Yeah, you have to sometimes shift the goalposts of what's mm. achievable for you. But I feel like, um, and it's the way I do like creative stuff and make music too, because um, it sounds weird, but um, I don't, I'm not a trained musician. I, I don't, my, I have a funny voice. I don't really know how to play stuff. But I, I think that operating within a box can sometimes, you can come up with some really creative and imaginative stuff sometimes. Yeah. I think that's what always amazes me about our community is that obviously we've got a very diverse group of people in in our group and people that reach out to us because of the podcast and that kind of thing. And the variety of um, conditions and that kind of thing is always incredible to hear, as you said, the creative ways that people come up with of doing things. Like we've had this group for years now and someone will post yeah. something one day and I'll be like, oh, my God, I never thought of doing xyz that way you know like Mm. but and they've just come up with that because we have to be creative because the world is not built to be accessible for people with chronic illness and disability it is not society is not built for us so we have to come up with creative ways to like manage our illness and go about life it's always incredible to sort of learn like we learn every day from this group and those creative ways can throw down a ladder for other people. Um, yeah. Like we saw with um, in the US how curb cuts got created, for instance. Yeah. In like gorilla installing of ramps in places that weren't accessible to people with wheelchairs. Yeah. People were just um, smashing them up in the middle of the night, just yep. smashing up con- concrete to make curbs. And, yep. You know, it's being – you know, I think violence, not the right word, but, you know, like sometimes... No, I'll it, use it. Yeah, sometimes it takes very interesting ways of going about things to make the world, you know, better for us. Creative, forceful ways. Yeah. Creative, forceful ways. Yes. <laughs> yeah, creative aggression. That's what mm. we... <laughs> Bend the w- world to your will, that's my advice. Yeah, and do it in... Uh, just basically uh, what we're trying to say is choose violence. Choose cre- violence. Choose creativity and violence, folks. Mm. That's that's all we can say. But, yeah, thank you so much, Lauren. That was, um, that was really, really lovely and really uplifting. 
um, especially after the uh, grievous awfulness that Joe just put on us with Quackwash. <laughs> Sorry, it's always me, isn't it? Oh, Look, we needed something super uplifting to end this episode, and Lauren, you did that for us, so thank you so much, mate. All right, well, signing off for another episode. Sorry it was long, folks. Episode 27, done and dusted.